Aren't you glad that that's the kind of God we serve? And that there's still mystery in knowing him? There's still things that we haven't figured out? I'm okay with that. In fact, we all are okay with that. Amen? But there's stuff that we still don't yet understand, that we still don't yet know, because we believe he is bigger than what our minds can hold. Amen? I'm grateful for that. And so I'm grateful that there are things that he wants to do in our life that are bigger than what we can conceive on our own thoughts. And they're so good. Why would we not choose to believe that? If it cost us giving up our will, why would we not still choose to believe that? If it cost us humbling ourselves, why would we still not choose to believe that? And we do. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you are good. You have proven your love and your goodness to us. And you have so much more that you desire for us. And each person's life here this morning, you have good that you want to do. You have blessing that you want to pour out. You have miracles that you want to work. And I pray we would have the faith to believe that this morning, to trust your promises, to know you are good, and to do what we must to believe that, walk in that, and obey that. So I thank you that you are here in the fullness of your power this morning. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You'll notice this is uh, week number two. I'll, yeah, Without Caleb up here, uh, they've had sickness run through their family. But how about this worship team? Each week, they've just done a fabulous job. And uh, that speaks of uh, their talent and Caleb's leadership in working with them. So I'm grateful for all of that. You know, it's been an epic series over the past couple of months. We come to a close today with the series, Will You Trust Me With It? And we've all been challenged by the Word of God and God's Spirit to believe Him and trust Him for some things. In fact, some of us are believing for some things that are just absolutely crazy. Amen? The world would look at them, other people would look at them, and you might have even looked at it a month ago and thought, that's crazy. But this is the kind of faith that we're invited to. This is the kind of God that we serve. And it requires our absolute trust and surrender. So, you know, for me growing up, I grew up in the late 60s, early 70s, and I'm watching some black and white TV. Hello, I'm that old, right? And um, I'm watching shows on TV that are Westerns, right? Gunsmoke and all that kind of stuff. And then you get up in the early 70s, it's a little bit different. It's a lot of cop shows. It's Columbo and Mannix and all of that. Any 70s people in here in the morning, this morning? Yeah, okay, thank you. So in those shows, there was always the good guy and the bad guy. It was very clear who was who. And when the good guys caught the bad guys, there was a very common thing that they always did. They put their hands up in surrender. They gave up. It was their way of acknowledging I yield, I give up, you got me kind of deal. You don't see that a lot in shows these days. No one holds their hands up. They usually shoot back at the cops and it just goes south from there. So, but so that's the, that's the picture I grew up with of surrender. It's okay, I lose. And I recognize now that there is this element when I come to faith in Jesus Christ that I am surrendering. That's a good symbol. Hands up, I yield, I give all. But here's what, for me, and I might just be talking to me this morning. When I saw that and carried that through in my life, I always thought this meant, okay, the rest of my life's gonna be miserable now. It's over, it's terrible. Ugh. 
And so early in my faith, when I would hear messages about surrender, when I would hear messages about giving up, I had in my mind, wrongly, this idea that if I surrendered, if I yielded, if I gave up and gave in to God, that things were not going to be as good as they were as if I would have just stayed in control myself. Anybody relate to what I'm talking about here this morning? And there's still a little bit of that, I think, in all of us. There's this thing of like, well, no, I, I like having the control because I got this figured out. I know where it's going. And to do this feels like a loss, feels like a failure, feels like it's going to be worse going forward if I give up. But what I've discovered is the opposite is actually true. What Jesus has for me is far better than what I could ever imagine on my own, make happen on my own, and that this is actually the fitting symbol for us as believers of surrender. Lord, what you have is so much better. Why would I resist? Why would I fight? Why would I think that I can do it better on my own? But I think all, we all know the struggle is real. Hello? Because God is still speaking to us, still calling us to areas of trusting in him. And that trust is not a weakness. Trust and surrender is not leading to this kind of life. Actually, trust and surrender leads to this kind of life. It leads to confidence. It leads to strength. The scripture says this about strength in Isaiah 26. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Jehovah, the Lord is everlasting strength. To put your trust in God actually leads you to greater places of strength and confidence and trust in your life. It's not downhill in terms of negative from here on out. It is actually uphill in terms of joy and peace and confidence and certainty. There is everlasting, ongoing, so far out, you can't even see the end of it, strength as you trust the Lord. It ought to be that this strength multiplies all the way through it, all the way from beginning point to the day that the promise becomes a reality. You get stronger and stronger and stronger because trust is our strength. Amen? So our message today is called strength all the way through it. All the way through the process. All the way from beginning to end. All the way from what God promises until he brings it to pass. There are some promises I know that God just opens up and we see the result of immediately. For example, the scripture says, those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. You call on him, you're saved. Boom. What you were promised, what you did is what you got right there. But there are some other promises that when I choose to believe them, I will not see the end of it for a while. For example, the scripture says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. In other words, I got a promise here about what I'm about to go through because out there is where the patience is. And I need to go all the way through it to get the patience for it because when I get on the other side, I'm gonna have what came from it. You see what I'm talking about? But you gotta have the passion and the power and the faith to go all the way through it. So turn your Bibles this morning to John chapter 12. We're gonna hear the words of Jesus as he talks about a promise he was given, 
a faith and a confidence and an obedience that he believed and a picture of what happened at the end. And Jesus is going through a process. And he's talking to disciples in this passage. And of course, he's talking to us today. And he's talking about what it means to have strength all the way through it. John chapter 12, verse 23. It says that Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the son of man should be glorified. Now, here Jesus is talking to the disciples as he had been about his purpose here. And Jesus says, the hour is now at hand. The time has come where the Son of Man should be glorified. In other words, so that the world will see the goodness and the greatness of the Father in me. He said, that time has not fully been yet, but now it is. And so Jesus is talking about the fact that he's going to go through suffering. He's going to go through rejection. He's going to go through false accusation. He's going to go through false arrest. He's going to be put in a prison for a time. He's going to be beaten. He's going to be taken. He's going to be crucified, and he's going to die. None of that sounds like glorified, hello? But Jesus has to go through it to get to the glorified on the other side of it. That's true for all of us. To get to the glorified, you got to go through the trouble in the middle. You got to go through it. And you got to have strength to go all the way through it. And what Jesus was believing and what Jesus was acting on was something that was crazy. That he would go and go to the cross and there pay for your sin and my sin. He would be put into a tomb and three days later, rise again. He would be back alive and then he would ascend to the Father and be back in heaven, seated at the right hand of his glory. That's all crazy talk. Now for us, we listen to it and like, mm-hmm, we know that. But you think about it in the context of the day. For the disciples to hear that, you're going to be killed and then rise again three days later? That's crazy talk. But this is what promises are made of. Crazy, crazy talk, crazy stuff. But this is where it begins. So if you're taking notes this morning, or if you want to use your phone to take some pictures, we got some board stuff here. We got some screen stuff we're going to do today. So let's start this process. Here it is. Trust always begins with the promise. If you're going to have strength to get through it, then you got to know the promise that waits on the other side of it. What is that thing that you're headed toward? What is that thing that you're believing? What is that thing that God has promised you? If you don't have the promise, then you won't have the strength to go through it. If you just made up some dream in your own mind, you'll give up halfway into it. You need something stronger like the Word of God speaking to you by the Spirit of God to move you forward by the power of God into what's next. You've got to have a picture. You've got to have a promise. And this is what you and I are doing in our salvation. This is what you're doing here this morning. You are choosing to put the Lord at the first part of this week, at the first part of this day. You're believing that he will work in your life, that he will keep his promise and he is working in you to shape you into the image of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's a promise and you're believing that all the way through it. And he intends to do that also in some other areas. In your marriage in your finances, in your career, in your influence to others, that you know the promise and you hold to it all the way through it. 
Jesus is about to use a picture that people in his day could relate to, and I think you and I can as well. Jesus is about to use the illustration of a farmer. In a very agrarian culture, this all made sense, and it does for us today as well. There is a promise that Jesus himself would be not just crucified, but raised on the third day. He, he held to this, and Jesus said, it's time for me to be glorified. There's always the promise, there's the later glory, and then there's the process in between. And Jesus is going to use a picture that we can relate to. It's going to start with a seed. A seed is a picture of a promise, of something greater. It's in a very tiny package. It's all wrapped up. It's small. It's not at all what it's going to be. This is where it is right now, though. But what's promised oh, is something not at all like this. What's promised is something much bigger, more glorious, multiplied, powerful, life-giving. But it starts with the seed, a promise of what lies ahead. And again, in all of our lives, we are holding to these things. We're holding to promises about our future that God is working all things together for our good. That's a promise we're holding to because right now it feels like a small, very small seed. I can't see the full end result of that. But there's a day coming in which I will see the fullness of that. Some things I'm, we're all believing about our own thoughts, our will, our soul, restoration in a family, reconciliation with someone we know, healing, even our finances being used by God. We can talk about marriage. We can talk about parenting. All of them begin with a very small seed, a promise of something more to come. And this is where Jesus begins the story. But here's what he says next in verse 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, in other words, with great confidence, I can say to you, unless a grain of wheat... Here it is. Unless it falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. A seed in your hand, on a table, in a basket, in a package, is just a seed. It's full of promise. It's full of hope. There's a greater glory that is to come from it. But left alone, that is all it is. It's just that. And that's good. A grain of wheat by itself is a good thing. You can make something with some grains of wheat. You can't make much with one grain of wheat. But a grain of wheat is meant to be crushed and eaten or to be planted so that a greater glory can come. And Jesus says, I'm telling you with confidence, to get to the glory that's to come, the seed has to leave the hand of the one who possesses it. If you want to see the blessing come, then you have to release control. Our second point this morning, 
my control will keep a promise from happening. Mm. Let that just settle into your theological thoughts for just a moment. You're telling me I can have a will greater than God? You tell me, when you were resisting the Lord in your life, were you experiencing his blessing in your life? Nope. Were you greater than God in that moment? Nope. But he has established life in such a way that a promise comes to pass when you and I choose to believe it and act on it by faith. A seed left alone remains alone. And as long as you're exercising your control over the matter, you will keep the promise from ever becoming anything else. It will only remain alone. It will remain small. It will remain lifeless. It will remain just by itself. And it will not become what God intended it to become because you decided to keep your grip on it, your control on it, to hold it in your hand and not let it go. And we do funny things with things that are in our hands. We get emotionally attached to them. We think they are us. They're part of us. They are our identity. They've been given to us and they are us. And if I let them go, then I won't have it. But the thing is, if you don't let it go, it's all you'll ever have. If you don't let control go of it, it'll always remain small. It'll always remain limited. It'll always remain without the full blessing that God intended for it to have. As long as you've got your hand controlling it. And this is true whether we're talking about our future whether we're talking about a career, whether we're talking about our finances, whether we're talking about parenting, whether we're talking about marriage, whether we're talking about your own reputation, whether we're talking about your friendships, whether we're talking about your ability to have influence with others, as long as you keep your tight grip of control on it and say, I don't want to let go of this. I don't want to give up my reputation. I don't want to give up and sacrifice. I don't want to humble myself. I don't want to let go of this. I'm afraid of what other people might think. As long as you've got your tight grip on it, you'll never experience the fullness of God's blessing that he has for you. It's sad, huh? Because it's also natural for us to hold the grip and we miss out. A seed is never intended to just remain alone. It was meant to fall down into the soil. If it doesn't, it remains alone. But Jesus also said in this same verse, most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls, falls. For it to fall, it would have to leave the basket that it was in, the bag that it was in, the hand that was holding it. I have to let go of my grip. I have to let go of my control. I have to let go of my emotional attachment with it. And in that moment, it's awkward. It's awkward letting go sometimes. It's awkward giving up control when you have so structured your life to keep you safe, secure. No one mocks, no one laughs because you're terrified of what someone else thinks. You live in your own protective bubble that you've created because you want to maintain control. 
And all the while, you're holding in your hand something that has so much greater power in it, so much more blessing in it. And Jesus said of himself, if I am gonna reach the place of being glorified, then I myself am gonna need to give up my life like a grain of wheat falling into the ground. I am gonna have to die to what I might want so that what what the Father has can come to full life. Releasing my grip is where life actually begins. That's our third point this morning. Releasing my grip is where our life actually begins. You see, this, this grain of wheat was never meant to be alone. It was never meant to just sit beneath the surface of the soil. It was actually meant to begin sprouting. And a grain of wheat and any other seed will always sprout down first before it sprouts up. It will put down root before it brings forth fruit. What's interesting is that when we think of a seed being placed in the soil, we think of it as death. We think of it as, well, I'm releasing my control over it. It's gone from me. I can't even see it anymore. It's been covered over. Now what? And we think of that as death. But you know what a grain of wheat thinks of when it falls into the soil and is covered over? The grain of wheat thinks, finally, life. Finally, I get to do the thing I was made to do. Finally, I get to grow. Finally, I get to become the miraculous that God intended for my life because life begins to come from it. Root begins to show up, but not until we release the grip, until we release control. And letting go may be the most difficult thing you've ever done. Letting go of your control over your future. But God, I want to I control how this thing goes. But I have a purpose for you. If you'll trust in me with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, if you will acknowledge me in all of your ways, I will make your path straight. But I don't want to acknowledge you in all of my ways. That could be embarrassing. I might get canceled. Something might happen. People might laugh at me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. There is a way, but you have to release your grip. If you want to see God bless any area in your life, you have to let go of your grip and you have to honor him with the first fruit of it. You want God to bless your finances? You've got to release your death grip on it. You've got to release your hand on it that says, I will control what happens. I know best. And God says, if you will give me the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You want to see his blessing? You want to see his purposes? You want to see roots spring up? You want to see life come out? Honor him with the first part of it, whether it's your future, your finances, your friendships. You want to see God bless your relationships? Then honor him with the first part of it. Acknowledge him in it. You want to see God bless your marriage? Give him the first fruits of it, the first part of it. Honor him with the time and honor him with the purpose of it and he will bring life from it. Get your death grip off of that other person's throat. Hello. (laughs) 
Get your death grip off of the situation. Get your death grip off of what you hold in your hand and let God have control of it and honor him with it. Now, Jesus says not only does it have to fall, it says, but it has to fall into the ground and die. In verse 24, Jesus said, that means it has to go into the ground, be covered over so that you no longer see it. You don't have control over it. You don't own it anymore. It now is in God's hands. And what happens is to get strength, to get to the place where we start seeing fruit, then you have to get to the place where you now walk in obedience to God with what you've given to God. It's not enough just to give him the first fruits. That's good. But now let's honor him with it. Let's honor him with our life with our marriage, with our friendships, with our career. Let's walk in obedience to it. Let's have faith, but let's obey him because strength takes root with obedience. It does. This is where not only does the seed produce some root, but now it starts producing more root. It starts finding its place in the soil it starts taking up ground because it's about to break above the surface. But before it can break above the surface, it has to put down good roots first. Oh, there's so much more coming. But if the, if the, if the seed doesn't produce some root, then the root won't be able to hold the fruits. If you want to see some blessing come into your life, you want to see God work in your life, then it will show up with active obedience. You will be obedient to God in the process. And this is where your strength will come from. You'll say, God, I want to obey you in every part of my life. I'm going to give you the first part of my day. I'm going to give you the first part of all my strength. I'm going to give you the first part of my talents. Whatever you've blessed me with, I want to be a blessing to you. Because you are the one who owns my life. And I live to serve you. And this is what Jesus was saying. He said, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Walk in active obedience. Don't just do a Sunday game and have no Monday name to yourself as a believer. Hello? Don't just put on on Sunday and walk out on Monday not walking out what you believed unsaid on Sunday. Lift it up on Sunday and live it out on Monday. This is where you get into active, regular obedience. This is where the seed starts taking root. This is where you're choosing to love him. You're choosing to obey him. Even when you don't feel like it. Even when you're tired. Even when you're, you're frustrated. Even when others don't like it. Even when you're being laughed at even when you're being canceled, even when it costs you, you just keep on believing. You keep putting down roots. You keep choosing to do what God says. You keep choosing to put him first. And every time you do, you're putting down active roots in your life. You are building strength in you for the process that leads from promise to glory. Do you know that so far, we've really just been talking about things that are happening below the surface? Sometimes Christians get frustrated because they're not seeing fruit fast enough in their life. 
We ain't even got to the fruit stage yet, hello? We're just talking about a seed that goes in the ground that's been covered over and we're trusting God and we're believing God and we start to have some active obedience in our life and we choose to walk with him, we choose to believe this, we choose to be humble, we choose to forgive, we choose to give, we choose to serve, we choose to put active obedience in our life and then we start to see above the surface a little bit of life happening because strength comes from the root. And Jesus knew that. He was in the middle of process. Well, there was reward coming, but he knew that time was not yet. But then the next part of verse 24, Jesus says, but if it dies, it produces much grain. If it dies, if you really do give up your control, if you really do choose to trust him, now you're in the process that can produce great fruit. Here's our fourth point this morning. Trust makes me stronger through the seasons. You see, once this seed has put down some roots and it's began to find its place in the soil and it's began to sprout up and it's begin to show up, now it's starting to bring some leaves into place. Now some things are starting to happen. And you'll notice that the seed doesn't look anything like what it looked like before. It has all of a sudden been blessed and multiplied and turned into something you never thought it could be. Who would think that this came from this? Don't look at your life today and say, this is where I am. This is where I'll always be. No. God has something for you where you don't look anything like what you look like right now. But you're going to have to trust him in the process. You're going to have to walk out some faith. You're going to have to walk in obedience. And this trust, this believing him, will make you stronger through the seasons. You see, the thing that happens here for a farmer is that he knows this is what I've got but I got a picture on what's coming out here. You see, a farmer looks out and he sees a field full of wheat. He sees that wheat being gathered. He sees that wheat being brought in. He sees food for his family. He sees what he can sell and be a blessing to others and be a blessing to himself. He sees what God intends for it to be, not what it is right now. Don't ever get caught up in where you are right now. Don't get caught up in, well, my life just kind of, you know, is the pits right now. It may be, but God has promises to take you out of that pit and produce fruit in your life. Amen? Don't get caught up in where your marriage is right now. Don't think that because of where it is now, this is where it's always going to be. No, God has promises beyond where you are now of what he wants to bring to pass in your marriage so that the husband actually looks like Jesus loving the church and a wife actually looks like the church loving Jesus and your marriage becomes a beautiful picture to the world of this is the gospel. You might say, well, it's far from that right now. Don't look at what it is right now. You look at the promise of what God wants to make of it. Amen? 
You say, well, my finances are sure in the tank right now. They may be. They may look like this right here. You might have one dollar. But if you'll trust God, get a picture for what God wants to do, trust in a promise, and then walk in obedience to it, he'll turn this into something you never imagined it would be. Hear me clear. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel. I'm preaching a gospel that says, God will use what he's placed in your hand and use it to be a blessing to others if you will release control of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not promising you Maseratis and airplanes. Hello? That's not the promise of scripture. But it is multiplied blessing. And the farmer knows there's seasons. He knows the first day he plants a seed, he doesn't get this. It takes a while. It takes some sunlight and some dark. And some more sunlight and some dark. It takes some clouds. It takes some rain. It takes some storms. It takes some wind. It takes some pressure. It takes heat. It takes work. And he knows the seasons. And he trusts God. And he doesn't get caught up in the process. Well, I planted a seed and I hadn't seen anything yet. I planted that seed some time back and I'm still not seeing anything yet. I planted a seed and man, I just got little bit of growth. That's all I see. Look, if you're going to walk with Jesus, you got to trust in something bigger than what you see in the moment. If you're raising a child today, you got to trust in something beyond what you see in the moment. Hello. When they're two years old, if you get caught up in thinking, well, this is the way it's always going to be, you're going to be discouraged. You're going to be frustrated. And you're going to say, no more of this. Hello? You'll be done with it. But you know another day is coming. You're believing for a greater promise. You're waiting for that day to come because you get a picture and you know there's going to be seasons. And you trust God through the seasons. And there's nothing like coming alongside someone else who's walked down the path. What do we call them? Seasoned believers. Because they've walked through it. And they can say, I know what it's like. I know what it's like when I don't know the way. I know what it's like to have prayed and not seen anything yet. I know what it's like when you're waiting and you've not seen the promise come to pass. And that seasoned believer becomes an encouragement to you. Because they say, don't give up. You keep trusting the one who gave you a promise. Don't give in. You keep trusting the one who gave you a promise. He is faithful. He's been faithful in my life. And you tell that story, and it becomes encouragement to us. And good farmers know, I don't trust in what I see. I trust in the one who made the grain of wheat. I trust in the one who made the soil that it goes into. I trust in the one who's bringing the weather for the grain that is in the soil. I trust in the one who has promised me life. And if I planted a seed, then I know there's going to be growth. And if I know there's growth, there's going to be a root, there's going to be a stalk, and there's going to be some fruit. I'm not trusting in where I am. I'm trusting in where I'm going. And finally, 24, I want us to focus on this part of the verse. It says, but if it dies, it produces much grain, much grain. 
the farmer knows if I plant this, I don't just get one more of those. That'd be tough. Can you imagine being a farmer? You plant one and you get one. That'd be tough. But a farmer knows that when he plants one grain of wheat, that grain is going to go into the ground. It's going to produce a root. And it's going to grow strong. It's going to produce a stalk. And that stalk stalk is going to grow strong. It's going to have leaves to it. It's going to gather some strength along the way. And then one day, the head will appear on that stalk of wheat. And that farmer will know harvest time has come. Average grain of wheat, one, will produce at least 50 grains of wheat here. At least. Sometimes more. And the farmer doesn't just cast the seed into the ground and think, well, we'll see what happens. And I'm just trusting the Lord. No, he knows. I'm planting seed that he made into soil that he made in the way that he said through seasons that he created. If I planted it, he's going to bring it to pass. And when it comes to pass, it'll be different than what it was when it started. And I'm trusting him for that. Not only am I trusting him for it, I'm expecting it. I'm making plans for it. I'm certain of it. In fact, I'm building my life around the fact that there is going to be reward. Here's what Hebrews says. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is God and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You can have confident faith that if you're planting seed, there's going to be a reward. Confident faith. It will happen. He's the rewarder. You know, I don't have to just wonder, well, we'll see what happens. It might happen. It might come to pass. Oh, it'd be nice. No, faith says, I believe in the God who created me and that kernel. And it will come to pass because he said, he honors my faith and will reward me for it. So what's that thing that you are trusting him for? What's that thing that he's saying? Release this from your hand. Get your grip off of it. Let me have it. Let me define it. Let me work with it. Let me have my way in it. And I will bring about a reward if you'll trust me by faith. That's what he's asking us. All of a sudden now, I see that this process is not as difficult as I first thought. Because if trust was all of a sudden just, well, I'm just casting it all to the wind. Whatever happens, happens. We'll just see what happens. I don't know what's going to happen. That is not trust. Trust says, God, you said it. I believe it. You'll bring it to pass. And when he said it and I believe it, he brings it to pass. Guess what I get out of the deal? Strength. I get power all of a sudden. I get confidence. I don't get more uncertain. I become more certain that he will reward what he has given. As a parent, I know 
I'm going to trust him all the way through because on the other end of this are going to be young men and young women who stand up and serve the Lord, who stand in their day based on their convictions, based on the word of God, and they serve him with all their heart. If you'll get that picture out there in front of you, you will raise your children differently than if you just say, well, I don't know what's going to happen with them kids. They're just If that's how you live and that's how you parent, guess what you're going to get on the other end of it? You're going to get what you invest. But if you say, by God's strength and his promises, I'm believing that what I what he's given me in seed, I'm going to raise up by faith. And they will trust the Lord. They will serve the Lord. And they will be mighty for him. As followers of faith, you and I can say, I'm going through a trial. I'm going through something right now and I can't see the end of it. I'm not seeing the fruit in it yet. But I'm believing that he will work all things together for good, that he will keep his promises. If that's what you're doing, you will make it through to the other side. You'll have strength all the way through it. Even for us as a church in this day and time, it would be easy to look at what's going on around us today and say, what's the use? It's all caving in anyway. No one likes us. People reject us. They're canceling us. It seems hopeless. What are we going to do? That is the response of some believers in this day. I refuse to fall into that camp. I refuse to believe that God is finished with us because he planted a seed in us and he started something in us. And what we are doing, we're doing by faith today. Amen? And if he's called us to plant seed in this day, in this time, to keep proclaiming the gospel, to keep raising up children, to keep making disciples, to keep training men, to keep training women, to keep making leaders, to keep doing that. If that's what he's called us to in this day and we're in the process, I'm only going to get stronger in this because there's a day of reward coming. And what's needed today, oh, is not a change in government as much as I want that to happen. What's needed today is not just a change in the social structure as much as I want that to happen. What's needed today is not just an economic change in our land as much as I want that to happen. What's needed today is the hearts of a nation to be turned to God once again. And then God will bring the reward. Amen? And guess who holds the seed in their hands for that to come to pass? You want to see that fruit come to pass? You and I have been given the seed. And we can't hold on to it. We can't just get our tight grip on it. We can't just say us for and no more. We can't just lock ourselves inside our own room and pretend it's not happening out there and hunker down and run away. You and I must be active at making disciples and proclaiming the truth and teaching the gospel today because we have been given the responsibility for planting seed. Amen? Amen. And there's a spirit in this day that would tell you, give up on all that stuff. Just forget it. This is foolishness, the world would say. Trusting God with your children, with your future, with your finances, with your career, with your life, that's foolish. The world would say today, give up on all that stuff. 
You and your dreams you've been chasing? How's that working for you, the world says. That idea of reconciliation happening with that person that you've been separated from for a time, the enemy in the world would say, forget that. That's not going to happen. Being faithful today, the enemy would say, that's not going to work. You know that. The enemy would say, going to church, you might as well give up on that. Has there been any change in your life yet? The enemy would say, the world would say, and the enemy would say, give up on your marriage. Give up on them kids. Give up on trying to live a righteous life. Give up on seeking God. Give up on reading your Bible. Give up on praying. Give up. Just give up. Give up on your nation. Give up on your gender. Give up on all that and just go your own way. Do your own thing. That's the spirit of this world today. But as the church of Jesus Christ in this day, I refuse to believe that. I refuse to be the voice that comes alongside and makes agreement with it. We will be the church that says, no, we have a God who has created us. We have a God who loves us. We have a God who has a purpose for us. We have a God who's given us the seed for life to happen. And we will keep planning. We will keep teaching. We will keep making disciples so that there will be reward one day. A revival in our families, a revival in our church, a revival in our nation. And I'm willing, are you willing to trust him with that? To believe him for that? This is what our Jesus calls us to. A couple of verses in case we needed any more instruction and encouragement this morning. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves, the reward, his fruit with him. Psalm 126, 5 and 6. And from Isaiah 55, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Are you ready to believe God this morning? Are you ready to trust him with something that maybe you've had a death grip on? Are you ready to let go of it so he can have it and bring reward to pass? Amen. Let's bow our heads together and pray. Father, whoo, we thank you for being a good God to us for sending your son and him being the grain of wheat that left your hand, that went into the soil, that was buried for three days, but rose again to life, victorious over the grave, over death, over hell, over all who tried to stop him. So that all of us now who believe him, who trust him, who will walk and follow after you. We might experience that same type of blessing in our life. So Father, we give to you that thing that we have been holding on to so tightly. We let it go from our hands this morning and trust you with it. We let go of not only that thing, but our life into your hands. Now, if it means burial, bury us. Because we know that life springs up when we release control. And I pray that would be true here in this place for every believer who's still waiting for reward, who's still waiting for the fruit to be seen. 
God, send them your spirit this morning in a fresh way to encourage them, to empower them, to see the promise at the end of the story that they might have your strength in it, your strength for it, and your strength all the way through it. For this, we give you our heart, our life, and our praise. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen.